WDBM East Lansing. 89 FM. The Impact. You're listening to Impact Exposure. Exposure gives a voice to our community and provides a forum for discussing the relevant issues of today. Broadcasting from the campus of Michigan State University, this is Impact Exposure. Thank you for tuning in to Exposure. Uh, it is my pleasure. It is now Sexposure as we welcome Olin, uh, Olin Health Center and our sex sports this evening. Uh, excuse our giggling and laughing. We were just talking about masturbation. So welcome to the show. <laughs> That's right. Well, uh, let me uh, first introduce you to our panel. So go for it. I'm Janelle Marine. I'm the founder and executive director of the STDproject.com. I'm Dr. Tina Tim, associate professor in school social work and in private practice in the community as a sex therapist. And I'm Dr. D, and I'm glad to be here. To, actually, I'm glad to be anywhere tonight, uh, but I'm glad to be here. And I see we actually said masturbation before it was even 7 o'clock. So that doesn't count. That's oh, a record. That, just said it. that is a record. So we're setting records tonight. I think that's what we're after. Records. In addition to those records, we will be talking about enchanted evenings. So I think that term alone is very... I don't know. You, there's a lot you can it's go. Ambiguous. Yeah, I was ambiguous. Say that too. Yeah. I word. love that word. Me too. It's very ambiguous, and so we wanted to kind of explore. Ambiguous. Ambiguous. Yeah. What, what do you think, Dennis? Ambiguous about enchanted evening. Everybody's is different. <clears throat> oh, I'm going to have Dr. Tim jump in here for a minute. <laughs> Automatically. <laughs> because data science. Go. <laughs> Let me give a little history about the enchanted evening, and Dr. Tim knows this because she already taught. She's taught the class too, back in the days and before. Miss Newton was even born. I uh, was teaching a class called FCE 445, which is Human Sexuality in the Family. And as part of the exercise, when we talked about relationships, we would have people do an exercise, which uh, all they would do, we wouldn't give them the definition. We'd just say, write down your idea of an enchanted evening. And the whole class would do it, you know, and they would all put them down on paper and they'd submit them. And it was really interesting because a couple of would, you know, out of a class of 100, a couple would struggle with that. Well, tell me what exactly enchanted evening is. But the other ones would just take off and write. And, you know, and some of them would write two pagers, you know, and you could go, whoa, you've got some enchanting going on there. <laughs> and other ones would just write, uh, we're having sex, you know. And so that's how this came about. And over 20 years of doing this, uh, we probably got about 5,000 submissions. And at one point, about eight, nine years ago, we was going to do a book. And we're still going to do that, where we have the best of 20 years of submissions on Enchanted And some of them are just are absolutely uh, glorious in their description of what they would uh, think is an evening or a time spent with somebody else or by themselves that would be enchanting. Mm -hmm. So that's it. And I don't know if you continue to do that in the class, because I know you taught FCE 445 for, or... Well, yes, I did. Which now it's called HDFNS. <laughs> yeah, HDFS 445. Did you do that? Did you continue that exercise? We did. By the time I took over the class, okay. that was not still a part of um, the, what we did. But I think it's, I think it's a really good exercise, particularly at expanding the definition of sexuality and sensuality. I know that's part of what we're going to talk about tonight. That um, it's really so much more than just body parts and reproduction mm -hmm. and you know, what really people find to be um, a turn-on or romantic varies across the spectrum. And uh, so I, you know, I think and it those is Valentine's Day coming yeah. up, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's Valentine's, Valentine's Day special. Yes. That's right, Friday. So, so I, I have to ask, why do you think it's so ambiguous? I mean, what do you mean by well, I kind of look, well, we put together a contest prior to yeah. the show where it was an enchanting evening contest where putting together this flyer that we put in the newspaper, I had to think to myself, well, do I want, like, exposure to be out there really, like, bright in their face when I'm talking about enchanting evening? Because I didn't want them to automatically think, you know, it you has to be want to lead sex. them. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I want them to kind of leave it because I think it's ambiguous. I think that it, it can be read into. You just kind of pointed to the fact that... Uh, 
different things stimulate other people. Like there's so many different interests that will stimulate a sensual feeling, whether it's like the taste of a, a strawberry with chocolate this Valentine's Day that does something that doesn't necessarily have to lead to sex, but it's that stimulating, I don't know, it's, just, it's, it's, it's always been an ambiguous word, like enchanted, except for when I think of, you know, those uh, of Prince Charming meeting up with, you know, Sleeping Beauty. That's an enchanting story. Like, it stimulates something that's, um, I don't think of sex automatically. I think of kind of like this mystical, not necessarily real, but you can put yourself in an experience that stimulates the same feeling if it's not necessarily but when you were me being putting Prince Charming. Flyer together, Say that we again? Had, when you were putting a flyer together for this, we had this discussion because you were putting in there, doesn't necessarily have to have sex. <laughs> I, I, and I, I hidden, said, hidden. why would you even have to put that in there? Because we never we never had that description when I we did the exercise. Because I mentioned exposure that we're going to have a discussion about it. And I didn't you want couldn't to... free your mind up from <laughs> sex, couldn't you? I couldn't, no. And then I was putting like a hot air balloon and a limo in the picture too, just trying to get this mystical, like what's people's, like is it a night out on the town? Is mm-hmm. it? And so it just, it was really hard coming up with this advertisement for this competition about this ambiguous word, enchanted. Well, so. Gabby, Gabby, you're back there. Is strawberries covered with chocolate? Is that enchanting? <laughs> I think it depends on personal preference. Uh, I think it depends on personal preference. Ooh. Oh, party line. She takes the party That's line. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, before we, get, yeah. uh, before we get too far into it, I think it'd be neat. Uh, we actually recorded some of the submissions that people had. Uh, so we'll go ahead and play a couple of them and see what we think. We add a little music behind it just kind of get a little enchanted in the studio <laughs> so, yeah, we'll go ahead. there would be 50 scented candles lit across the room with the romantic music playing in the background and a gourmet dinner on the table with strawberries whipped cream and champagne chilling on the side he would be wearing silk boxers with a robe to match and i would be wearing a long black silk nightgown we would feed each other and dance together all night long My idea of Enchanted Evening would just be a quiet night where I'm not interrupted and I can do whatever I want, like watch a whole series on Netflix or like eat whatever food I want and just be alone. My perfect date night would probably be, um, I would have a brand new dress and really cute shoes and um, I would get picked up by my boyfriend or whoever's taking me on a date, and we would go to a really nice Italian restaurant, and then um, we would go some nice place for dessert after, and then he would drop me off like they do in the movies, like at night and everything, and it would just be really cute. Oh, I'm just a First, it wouldn't be an evening. It would be a morning or the middle of the day where my partner would surprise me with an insuppressible sexual appetite and our activities would go on into the evenings where we would try new things followed by a good meal. About that, <laughs> in terms of ambiguous. Well, I, I, think, I think my wife did the one about Netflix. So. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> that was a great one. She, a whole series in one night? No, she's watching, like, what is it called? Uh, uh, NCIS? Oh, oh Las Vegas. Vegas. She can watch the whole thing. Well, what, what, so when, when you heard those, what did you think? What do you think about They're them? so different. different. Yeah. I think I wouldn't have actually described Enchanted Evening as a very ambiguous idea until I read through mm-hmm. how varying everyone's opinions were. I mean, they range from by themselves to to adding sexual activities to doing something with a friend or somebody that they loved. Or, I mean, everything was so incredibly different. And I had, an, I had a, an idea in my mind what an enchanted evening was. And I thought that people would all kind of pick something mm-hmm. along the same lines. I know that everyone's different and has different opinions, but I wouldn't have described it as ambiguous until I read through everyone's totally different opinions and that was what I found most fascinating about it is we have no idea what somebody else thinks until you ask them Mm -hmm. until you actually solicit that opinion and idea what do you think an enchanted evening is because everyone's idea is so wildly different I think it's interesting too because everybody's ideas are different but it seems like the end conclusion was this idea of sensuality in which you get this ultimate gratitude and appreciation of some sort. Maybe it's physical, maybe it's with another person, or maybe it's through Netflix. 
It's like that was kind of interesting. <laughs> you know, you kind of do definitely. get that end result in a it's way. It's definitely positive. Mm-hmm. Everybody's everybody's outcome, it seemed like, was was happiness or enjoyment, mm-hmm. contentment, something that was fulfilling, spending their time in a way that was gratifying. Right. So that all was similar, but mm-hmm. the way in which they achieved that and arrived at that outcome and you know, got to that destination was totally different. Totally. Well, I love, I love putting Dr. Tim on the, on the hot seat here, so I'm going <laughs> to do that cause, since she hasn't been with us for a while. So from your perspective as a therapist out there, when you think of the word enchanting, I mean, to an individual, it can be an ambiguous term, but how does a, an individual look at that word enchanting? What does that mean? I think it, I'm kind of with Kevin that it conjures up um, kind of, uh, uh, magical, mm-hmm. um, very special, out of the ordinary, mm-hmm. and of course, you know this. I, I think it rings smacks of Disney movies to me. Yeah. Yeah. Here he comes to save the day. Like, this is like this <laughs> no, that's a glorified the, 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 image. You know, the enchanted, well, the enchanted kingdom. Really, right? Yeah. Disney's Enchanted Kingdom. Or the movie mm-hmm. Enchanted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Movie. So, I think as a therapist, what you know, my heart really goes out to partners, particularly as we head into Valentine's Day, that people have all these expectations about what makes a romantic evening, an enchanted evening, and they're not necessarily talking about it. And Mm -hmm. so someone could put in a lot of effort to make it special, and the other person is just kind of left, like, deflated or, you know, disappointed. And Mm -hmm. so I see a lot of that in therapy where, you know, they're kind of, both people are trying to put forth their best effort, but without knowing what the other person really wants or needs, um, they often miss the mark and it doesn't, they don't end up feeling more connected even though a lot of time was spent mm-hmm. or money Sometimes was spent, money, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, because they their enchanted evening and what would be most special to them, uh, you know, you were really wanting chocolate, strawberries and champagne and you know, your partner took you on a horse carriage ride through the park mm-hmm. and you hate the cold and you hate horses and you hate parks <laughs> right. Right. So, and so that's what I that's what I really feel um, most kind of like, compassionate about as we mm-hmm. head into Valentine's Day is how people miss each other because is that common too oh it, yeah from where the you expectations okay. around holidays and anniversaries mm-hmm. and birthdays and mm-hmm. uh I don't know if we've ever on the show talked about this this idea of love languages, but it's it's really kind of crept into a lot of my clinical work, and is pretty useful for people mm-hmm. to identify what what makes them feel most loved, and that is by far you know what gets people in trouble that they that they operate from the way they want to mm-hmm. feel loved, and mm-hmm. if it's not their partner's love language, then it just leaves them feeling really disconnected, and the partners angry and hurt and they're like but I'm doing all of these things right. and right. there's an interesting book about that yeah. um, just I, I, I don't know if it's the same book but one of the I was reading was um, what is, oh shoot The Noticer I don't know if you've ever read oh, that okay, no, it's really I interesting because it identified um, them with animals and so I don't know if that's similar for what you're talking about whereas you know people were dogs when they needed the you know verbal love like oh, okay. I love you good job and yeah okay going okay, okay. You know, words of that. affirmation right. Right. words of right. affirmation whereas um, another one was a fish where they just need to be looked at and have quality time you know they don't really care if you touch them if you mm-hmm. talk to them they just want to feel your presence right you know another one was um I think like the parakeet and there it cut the list kind of just kept going so which on which animal is the one that likes physical touch and that would be the cat that would be the oh, cat. Oh, that makes sense. yeah because they're always mm-hmm. kind of going around you know yeah not the cat not the cat not the cat I'm not gonna Say I'm not a cat. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you went in that direction because you scared me there for a minute. I thought you were going to bestiality, and I thought we were going to cover that. But someday. Oh, next show, next show. Four three two three eight nine three. If you want to call Miss mm-hmm. uh, Newton and tell her what your enchanted evening is, you know what I was trying to get at from from an anthropological standpoint, and as I call anthroposophy, the word enchanted is really about the senses. It's about, and that's what, if you read the book on Disney or, or read anything about what Walt Disney was trying to do, was incorporate that anthropological concept because everything that's enchanted about Disney World is about the senses, it's mm-hmm. about visually, it's about the hearing, it's about so. the feeling, it's about the emotion. So when I, I guess I don't think enchanted is such an ambiguous term because to me it always meant the senses. Wow. And if you look at some of these, okay. as we read all of these, 
I've read them all mm -hmm. uh, over the years. We'd put them in categories of senses and environment, and most of them are about how it appears to the senses. Now, I'm, I'm very deflated when my wife thinks uh, watching Netflix and drooling over Mark Harmon. I mean, yeah, that, I get very deflated over that. But it's about the senses. It really is about appealing to those things that invoke you. And we've talked about on the show before about the sense of smell and the, and the, the sense of touch being predominant in, 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 in babies. And that's one of the things that there. But So as, I re as you read these, what did you think, some of these? You know, I think Dr. Tim pointed out a really, Tim, right, Dr. Tim? Okay, I was going to say Dr. Tina, but it's Tina. Tim. Either way. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> Dr. She, D, Dr. T. Yeah, we, we call it T squared. T squared in our uh, off time. I love it. You know, you said something that, and this, and it was when I was reading it too, that this struck me that because they, everyone's enchanted evening varied so greatly, and um, that we aren't communicating that and there's no way to know what your partner would be interested in what they would what they're expecting maybe on a valentine's day or a birthday what would make them happy and sometimes we get into this like well you know if they love me they should know or you know <laughs> they should know what i want or they i want that surprise and that excitement but it's a shame because we're so socially connected now everyone has a facebook and an instagram and a twitter and even i have all of those things and um, so we, we tell everybody how we feel all day long, you know, we, everybody, people on my Facebook page talk about my, my kid pooped today. And I mean, <laughs> everything under the sun we Meaningful talk about things. and share, but then when it comes to something like this, we're not saying any of that. And there's this huge disconnect. And I, I thought that while reading these, like there's such a wide range of what people would be interested in. And there'd be no way of knowing that even I had assumptions about what an enchanted evening might be and didn't think it might vary that greatly until I had an opportunity to read everyone's different opinions. So, mm -hmm. you know, even in a, in an area where I talk about sexual health all the time, I still didn't think that it would be that different. Mm -hmm. And right. I think that there is that just that large misunderstanding and that it breaks your heart a little bit because people aren't getting what they want. And, are afraid to say so and I don't know how you bridge that gap then you know we have all these communication modes but we're still not effectively able to do that or communicate these kinds of things right I think of, of a specific uh, friend I know I heard I learned all this of course from Facebook their <laughs> posts but like uh, a friend I know way back in the day I haven't talked to him in years but I saw on Facebook that he'd gotten tickets to a Syracuse basketball game in in New York for Christmas from his girlfriend and uh, he Clearly, they communicate very well because mm -hmm. he vocalizes that he's a Syracuse fan. But, like, something's tailored so specific to him because, to be honest, I would never want to go to a Syracuse basketball game ever. <laughs> right. But, like, it's, it's so funny when the communication is right how something like that, I see, yeah, the picture's on, but I also heard from a friend that, like, it was actually an awesome gift for him. Like, she surprised him with tickets to those mm -hmm. that, that specific game. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, like... I mean, who knows if, you know, boom, boom happened later on and it led to sex or anything like that. But an enchanted evening for my guy friend was going to a, mm -hmm. uh, a Syracuse mm -hmm. game up in northern New York. And I just yeah. think about when the communication is right, like, and you do talk about it, it becomes kind of like that extreme ambiguous thing. Like I said, I would never see myself thinking an enchanted evening is a Syracuse basketball game. Right. You know? I think that what that hinges on and what's so powerful for couples is feeling known. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And that she knows his favorite sport team, and he knows that that would be like a, you know, a way better gift than, you know, anything else. Mm -hmm. and that's, you know, I don't like it when partners assume that that the other um, that their partners know that. will know, you know, exactly what would hit home. But it does it does say a lot when you pay attention and you're attuned to that. And I think it's there was a there was a really kind of a one of those viral cartoons that that was showing up on Facebook about a month ago uh, post holiday and it was the cookie monster monster did you see this one mm -hmm. opening a box um, like getting all excited and opening up a box and it was a box of crackers and his face <laughs> is so sad he's like it's like you don't even know me <laughs> and that's exactly right. what I think sometimes happens with yeah. these um, enchanted evenings and the other thing I was going to say that again I feel like is such a setup and I'll talk in terms of heterosexual relationships but certainly it has all the potential for same sex relationships as well when people have this ultimate date or image in their head about mm -hmm. romance 
and particularly around engagements. And then you have these people that set the bar so high oh, in these yeah. viral oh, videos where they get a hundred people together and they lip sync and they surprise and it ends up on the beach and you know and all their best friends got flown in and it's all perfectly choreographed and videotaped right. and 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 then you know women lots of women love that and they're right. like I want my engagement to be that yeah. and 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 you know their partners are completely overwhelmed with like even if I wanted to do that, it's just not me. It's not, right. you know, coordinating that isn't and who I am. And yeah. so, like, there are all these expectations that get about wanting it to be so special and then men feeling inadequate and feeling like they've disappointed mm-hmm. them. And mm-hmm. the old getting down on your knee just isn't right. Right. good enough anymore. I go back even anymore. to high school. Right. After I left high school, I remember hearing stories about how people asked people to prom got to be such ex- huge extravagant things that people would try to outdo each other and like wow, the expectations got like I said it didn't happen with me because I'd just be like really people are going to that extent for prom mm-hmm. like yeah. uh, the expectations are insane like mm-hmm. I don't understand it it is interesting though as we say this um, because I think the expectations are definitely there but as we were reading through the Enchanted Evenings there were still a lot that were very simple yeah mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that didn't need a Hollywood moment they were right. just very you know complete right i'm neat. just kind of commenting more i'm not volunteering to read this whole thing but we have oh that one is very fun of us summer four i mean it is in in exquisite detail he's an about he's an author yeah like um you know how they get picked up and where they go and the sounds like you said you that like, is the senses it's the, would you it's like to read every, the first no, couple sentences go, I, how, ahead, how go ahead it let, is me, just, let me just want to say one thing about it because uh <laughs> as i listen to dr tim and listen to everyone else i mean there were always things that that uh, as you read through these over the 20 years, there was always themes in here. Mm-hmm. There, were, there were themes, and, and I know you know about this, but back, back in the days when I was a PhD student, I, w- I learned from a guy by the name of Dr. Don Meltzer, and he taught me neurolinguistic programming, in which I used to do in every class that I ever taught, I would do a whole session on neurolinguistic programming, and I'd test the whole class, because most people incorporate the world in different ways, you know, whether it's emotive, whether it's it's auditory, whether it's kinesthetic, and you really need to find out what your partner and or your class or anybody you're talking with, how they incorporate the world. So I'd always do the eye test with them, and you know, we'll do it sometime, Abby, okay. to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, do the test and find out what mode are in, because each one of these, each one of these that I read today has a theme. It's either kinesthetic. It's either auditory or it's visual. And a lot of men are very visual. So if you know what, what mode your partner incorporates the world in, it doesn't matter how detailed you get. Mm-hmm. If I walk, walk, my wife happens to be very kinesthetic. I mean, if I brought her home flowers on, the, on Friday, which is also her birthday, oh, same day, if I brought her home flowers and I didn't say anything to her, I just said, here, because I'm a very visual person. I'm extremely visual. Mm-hmm. So me giving her flowers was like, I love you. But if she doesn't hear it and she doesn't feel it, it doesn't matter what I give her. Right. So it's really kind of knowing what, what kind of mode your, your partner is in. If your partner is in a very kinesthetic mode and that's how they incorporate the world, you got to think about things that get mm-hmm. to the heart, mm-hmm. that get right. to the emotion. It doesn't matter what it is sometimes, it's just what it is. We got a caller? We do have a caller. Oh, so let's see. Welcome. Ready? Hello? Uh, Hi. What's your name? Sally. Hi, Sally. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Good. What are your thoughts as we talk about the Enchanted Evening and different types of love and emotions and connection? What are my thoughts? Yeah. What are you thinking this fine Tuesday evening? Um, not too much. Just got done with classes. Okay. What's your um idea of an of an Enchanted Evening? Um. Not not really much. Um, I actually do research on food, so anything with food, I'm fine with. <laughs> I like that. So, so what, what is it about food that is enchanting to you? Um, just like the different backgrounds that it can come from, just like the different ways we celebrate it. Is there any association you feel in the satisfaction that you feel when you eat food or when you're around food? Not quite sure. I haven't really thought that in depth. I probably just messed up your whole eating habits, haven't I? <laughs> well, no, you know, they, they, they've talked uh, at length, and there's a lot of research about actually creating meals together with another person and how sensuous that can be and actually putting together. I mean, when I really want to feel good about myself, I go and bake a pie. I mean, there's something sensuous about putting meals together. Is that the same for you? 
Um, I wasn't really thinking of it in that direction, but are, are there I, any... I appreciate your your direction, I guess. Are there any certain events or specific, like you kind of were talking about the culture, like are there any events that stick out in your mind that, that you've enjoyed kind of celebrating around food? Because I, I, I think of like Thanksgiving for personally in my family. Um, is there any events for you that kind of stick out? Um, like you could think of the most enchanted holiday or enchanted event. What, what, what would it be? Yeah. Like? I think for me it's not necessarily like the holiday, but just like the aspect of people getting together. So even like a regular night is okay. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Sally. Do you have anything else you'd like to add about sex exposure or enchanted evenings? Uh, I think I'm good. Okay, thanks so much. Uh, thanks, well, Sally. Gabby will take care of you. Um, and we'll uh, make sure you get a, a prize pack. Thank you. Bye. Bye. What is in the enchanted prize pack tonight, Kev? Oh, goodness. I, I do believe we do have some uh, sexual wellness-oriented stuff. Uh, but on top of that, we'll probably add a couple... Uh, Ice cream coupons from the MSU Dairy Store, Ooh. Uh, which might be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll add a couple extra items in there too. Well, you know, I think she brings up a good point. I mean, uh, the whole idea of food. I mean, we did a uh, an exercise last year with our nutrition team and our sexuality team. What what did we call that, Kevin? We oh, call it, it was uh, uh, condoms and coffee. Wait, are we talking about no. the event we had? No, when we, when we tried to we, we tried to put the sensuality back into food, and we had the nutrition team work with the sexuality team, and it was kind of sex and food, and you don't know what I'm talking about. I, Thanks, I Jeff. don't think I was on that project, Dennis. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> I might be digressing. It's that kind of a day anyhow. Uh, but but the whole idea when, when you know, and I think I've told you all at times, we used to, another exercise we used to do was turn-ons and turn-offs. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest turn-ons in the top ten would, would be having dinner together, making meals together, because mm-hmm. there's something very sensuous about creating uh, food yeah. and meals and bringing people together. Definitely. I think my biggest turn-off is the condom in my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was a revelation. It was a condom-flavored condom. Flavor, or yeah. flavored condom. You were giving out coffee <laughs> with that condoms. Caffeine? Oh, okay, that sounds <laughs> It was a very, very uh, cold day. It was, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes, I remember it was, that. We just had to set up a table. I think we gave out duck shirts, too. It was a whole event type of thing. It was just a catchy name, I think. Oh. You know, I wonder is if the if the things that, the themes in, in which these enchanted evenings are around, so somebody's individual theme, and say that happens to be a specific sense is that what you were saying Dennis usually it's a specific sense like it is if you read if you read you know the predominant ones from males they were all visual they're okay. almost all visual you know she, and I also I, she wonder would if dress that would in a certain way and they'd go to the beach and they'd see this and they'd see that and it's all about what they're seeing and how they're perceiving that and so and with what Dr. Tim was talking about with the love languages I almost wonder if those are if if those coincide if, mm-hmm. if the same senses would match somebody's certain kind of love language because those love languages it's they're incredibly fascinating it speaks to how people perceive how they like to show their love whether it's audio they say I love you whether it's in touching and hugs and kisses um, and but not everybody also wants to receive it the same way right. though okay. they may be right. giving it in one way but then want to receive it in another way although I think typically it matches is that correct usually if your love language is audio, you also want to hear it back. If you like to say I love you to people, you that's how you would feel. Am I getting that right? I'm not sure if I'm remembering that correctly. Yeah, if I'm hearing you, you yeah, we tend to give what we want. What we want. So right. usually that's matching. But that's what people get them how they get themselves in trouble is making that assumption. Yeah, because that's what I like, mm-hmm. that's what I want, that's what I'll shower you with, and the other person's like, mm, nope, missed. So definitely. Right. What, what if we read one of these uh, submissions right. and just kind of read the intro and kind of discuss maybe what language they're speaking and or kind of what sentences they're going in tune with? Um, if you guys don't mind me reading this. Oh, go ahead. Intro. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. All right. Let me turn on my sensual voice. My, <laughs> idea, Bader, my idea of an enchanted evening starts with feeling amazing and confident about myself. I come home from work and find a new sequin dress and shoes laying on my bed and note from my boyfriend, Tyler, that says... All expectations will be exceeded. Wear this, and I will see you at 7 p.m., babe. When the clock strikes 7, my makeup is done and my hair is curled, and I am ready to go. I hear the doorbell ring, and when I open the door, Tyler is leaning against the side of the limo with a bouquet of bright red roses and white calla lilies. 
I don't want to get anyone too excited, so I'll stop <laughs> <laughs> I, I was focusing on the bedroom voice that you had. <laughs> you got it. No, so like when we're, I, I don't know if that's enough to kind of dive in, but I think that if we're talking love languages at that point. Well, it seemed, you know, I'm assuming you read this one, right? The number four. Yeah. Uh, the number four, okay. yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I what I listened for, mm-hmm. real quickly, was the, what kind of emphasis you put on the note and the words that were in the note, mm-hmm. and kind of the kinesthetic. I mean, because you know she referred to, and I believe it's she, right? I think so. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't make any uh, assumptions. Sequence stress, but yeah. I mean, who knows? But it was you know the note that was written, and mm-hmm. it almost sounded like there was a lot of feeling in how she described the note, what it said on the note. All expectations will be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you read the whole example, I mean, she really hits on all the senses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's got specific songs that she would want played, and it's about in, including the, the rose petals and the smell of the sweet scents and the fireworks the and, I mean, and dancing, which is the kinesthetic. Right. And mm-hmm. So, I mean, she wants the whole package, the whole ball of wax. Go like, for it. Give, give me every, every sense. I don't think they eat, though, in this, but, you know... I guess you don't need to when all I know, the other are instigated. Wow. And that, that yeah. is interesting. I think um, we'll go ahead and hear a couple other ones sure. as well that we have on the um, file here. So if Gabby wants to run on over and see what else we have, see what other senses we can discover. I like Olive Garden, so I guess Olive Garden... <laughs> We would go to Cold Stone and I get some ice cream and then okay and then after ice cream you know maybe um we could oh okay all right so then we could go in the truck and put a bunch of blankets and pillows in the bed of the truck go in a pasture and look at the stars and then have sex. My enchanted evening would be a first date. He would come to my door with flowers and he would open a car door for me and be very polite the whole night. He would be going to a nice fancy restaurant and we would both be dressed up very nice. At dinner, we would have the best conversation and we would be able to relate very well. The night would end with just one kiss and I would think about him the whole night. They go marching through. It's 4 a.m. on a hot summer night on the bank of River River. There's a cool breeze and no one else is around. She has on cotton shorts and a loose t-shirt, but no underwear, and I got on shorts and no shirt. We're both sitting in each other's arms under a tree, watching a rabbit hop along, and she's eating strawberry ice cream. I'd love to join their fun. Something uh, naturey, like uh, at Michigan State, you would have to end at the uh, Red Cedar with the moonlight shining down on it. Maybe find a little, a little gazebo somewhere, some, you know, something like that. Maybe a, definitely a walk. All right, Dennis, you made the eye sign. What do you no, think? I just made, I, it, sometimes you just get locked into a certain assumption, but mm-hmm. when I hear most men's are visual, they're mm-hmm. very visual. You know, it's like. Michigan State, Sunset, Gazebo, and with most of the women I hear, and even this one here, it's crossing all the senses, but it's really about how are you going to feel mm-hmm. and all this. And, and men are very visual, and I go back to that, you know, and when when I was doing therapy, when I was doing couple therapies, one of the first things I would do with them is find out which mode they are in. Mm-hmm. How do they see the world? How do they incorporate the world? Because sometimes they can be trying really hard to show, to feel, to communicate the love to somebody else, but if you're not speaking the right same language, it's lost. It's lost. I think these enchanted evenings too force us to reconsider our idea of intimacy. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that a couple of times on the show about how intimacy doesn't even have to incorporate sex at all. That that doesn't even need to be a part of it for intimacy to happen. And there a lot of these didn't have any kind of sexual activity or very little or mm-hmm. that was just a small component but it really didn't speak to the level of intimacy somebody was talking about you know mm-hmm. the gal was talking about on a first date we'd connect and we'd have a lot in common or you know it just it really opens your mind to 
to that thought that sex isn't just the number one, the big mm-hmm. O, that, that isn't always where we're headed. And that's actually probably <coughs> confusing us and losing us along the way because people think that's the, the need or the necessity. Well, if I went to Olive Garden, then I had ice cream, <laughs> and I was in the back of a truck, the last thing I would want to do is have sex. Yeah, that's that. so I mean, come on. <laughs> I think that was Gabby's. I think that was Gabby's. It's also interesting regarding the first date. I mean, she was definitely talking about how she was feeling, and it was intimate with the, Mm -hmm. we would relate to each other, she says. Mm -hmm. And then I also thought it was really interesting when she kind of said we would have one kiss and I would think about him all night. Kind of opens that enchantment is like almost like an anticipation of what's to come, Mm -hmm. like that enchanting of... which I guess would be ambiguous because you don't know what's to come after that first date. But that first date for that person was so... And that's interesting that you say that because I think it comes back to the different types of intimacy. And Kevin, mm-hmm. you had talked and wrote down a couple. There is the intellectual intimacy, you know, feeling mm-hmm. that connection. There's mm-hmm. the aesthetic, the recreational work, uh, cr- uh, conflict, commitment, spiritual, and communication. So it is interesting hearing, you know, these different enchanted evenings in terms of those different intimacies. Because I think that kind of sheds light on the different options mm-hmm. and the different perspectives on all of that as well. And I, I definitely highlighted it in the notes because it's key for me, but communication is the source of it all, mm-hmm. I feel like, and that's kind of why we're talking about it and hearing people talk about their differences and, and, and how you can maybe match their love languages, mm-hmm. if not match, but complement them at least. And when we think about communication, I think it's important to remember that a, a major component of communication is listening. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to just spit it all out there. I want you to do this, this, and this, and I expect it on Valentine's Day, and if you don't do that, I'm going to be disappointed. Right. It can be, there can be some reading of one another's cues and, and learning more about them so that you can potentially surprise them with the Syracuse tickets right. or something. Mm-hmm. If you know them well, if you've listened to what their interests are, which that means that's part of being a good communicator is listening, then you may be able to accomplish that too without just necessarily having to put it all out there. Mm-hmm. That's not always, communication is, is multiple things, not just talking. Right. You know? Back to those love languages. <laughs> right. Well, four three two three eight nine three. if you have a enchanted evening, please do call Abby. She's standing by the phone <laughs> with enchanted breath. <laughs> Thanks, Dennis, for constantly saying the number. I'm slacking on my duty. I think uh, I'd like to, the first date one really stuck out for me as well, and I want to comment on um, long-term relationships are really hard to mm-hmm. um, keep fresh and magical. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think we all kind of long for that enchanted evening where you don't know what's going to, what to expect, and you don't know where you're Swept going, and feet. there's surprise, and and you don't know what they're going to be wearing, and I mean, right. just all those things that kind of make it special, and it really speaks to something that I try to get couples that I work with to do, which is, even though you're married, still court, mm-hmm. still yeah. date each other, and right. still pursue and one I, another, and, exactly, mm-hmm. and do the things that you did when you were falling in love, mm-hmm. and because that is what makes people feel feel special is to be, you know, when when they get the little surprise love mm-hmm. notes in the lunchbox and they, you know, someone shows up at work with lunch and they didn't expect to see them and true. those those kind of things. So I, you know, not that we can recreate, recreate a first date, but we can create or, you know, recreate some of the uh-huh. mystique and some of the um, surprise Bonini, and say, yeah. you know, I, I think it's fun for couples to say, we're going on a date Friday night. Be ready at this time, wear this, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of outfit, and have it be a complete surprise. Mm -hmm. Now, that said, some people hate surprises, so you would need to know know that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. But, you know, I I think that that's, it is, there is something about that that keeps relationships kind of alive. Mm -hmm. Well, really just uh, something you said, Janelle, and I want to marry it with something you just said, uh, Dr. Tim, is that, we always talk about the art of listening. We always talk about listening. But I don't think people realize how sensuous and how intimate truly listening to a person is. I mean, not so much even the content, just the engagement. You know, my, my wife will guilt me many times about 
did you hear what I just said? And I'll say, yeah, I heard what you said. But I wasn't really listening. <laughs> I wasn't giving her the engagement, that eye contact, that actually listening to her, giving her that time, that gift of time, where I'm actually truly listening mm -hmm. and not having a retort like, I can fix that, oh, yeah, right, okay. I'm just listening. I mean, if, if you want to give your partner, whatever type of relationship you're in, that uh, special, enchanted moment, listen. Mm -hmm. Truly listen to them. How do you define, when you have a couples in therapy or just couples asking you for information, how do you define intimacy? How do you define that to them? I, I kind of go back to this list that Kevin provided us, which is people sometimes use intimacy as a, the code word for sex. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you know, our intimacy isn't very good or something like that. And really what they mean that they're, they're struggling to connect sexually. But it's, it's, but I look for those pockets of strength in their relationship and they'll have some of these other forms of intimacy. They have um, hobbies in common and they're really passionate about doing, you know, something like that together. They, you know, they eat they eat um, breakfast together every morning and or you know I've had several couples where just one crisis after another you know in terms of you know, health crisis and then they moved and someone lost their job but through all of that mm -hmm. as painful as it was and as hard it, as it was they worked together as a team and they felt close and connected as a result mm -hmm. of that so so I kind of try to work from a really strength-based Mm -hmm. perspective which is okay you guys are struggling in the bedroom and we're gonna work on that but let's look at all the different ways that you can be connected tell me about the times that you feel connected that have nothing to do with you know body parts and, mm -hmm. and having sex mm -hmm. but that you feel appreciated you feel heard you feel like you're um, on the same team mm -hmm. and it's 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 good for them to kind of take a step back and say oh yeah even though we're fighting a lot about sex you know we got a lot of good things going here mm -hmm. right. it's true I think some of that social media and just movies in general as much as I love all of the above are doing a bit of a disservice insofar as like especially long-term relationships are concerned because or in any kind of relationship the new relationship because all of a sudden we have to overachieve we can't even just get down on one knee and propose. Now we have to get down on one mm. knee and sing a song and there needs to be a band and there should be a movie and we should be recording it because we have to post that later on YouTube and then share it with all of our friends. It's like, you know, I mean, you can just hear it. Yeah. It's, it's overwhelming and, and not everyone can do that, nor should mm. everyone. And nor I think that you've heard... Like, nobody, not everyone wants that. Right, but, like, You right. know, like, we've kind of, after this discussion, gosh, communication isn't, like, the most take-home thing about this, or talking, and then also listening. Right. Um, mm -hmm. Oh, no. Uh, what but if, how does it become more about what what's happening than about the actual connection? Right. Right. And mm -hmm. that's what worries me. And right. that's what I want to heighten, is what if we took that effort in terms of documenting and posting and took it into the really listening, the engagement? I wonder what that would look like, you know, almost flipping the scale. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It'd be yeah. interesting. I don't know if you can do that, but... Well, we, you know, at some point, Abby, we, we really need to do a show, not, not necessarily sex exposure, but on what technology is doing to relationships in general, mm -hmm. because there's some really brand new research out about how technology is not only affecting relationships, but how the brain actually uh, relates to other people and how it's changing the neural paths in mm -hmm. the brain uh, and mm -hmm. really making this a different generation. I mean, right. there's a new article called The Generation of Zombies, mm -hmm. which all talks about what's happening to the brain but because of technology and why people can't relate. So, I mean, we have a we have a challenge in front of us. But do we have some more? That's yes, we do. Enchanted Evenings? Absolutely. You know, I want to pinpoint that none of the Enchanted Evenings at the end had a footnote that said post to Facebook either. So that's yes. kind of interesting. And we've got a couple more, so we'll, let's take a listen. See if we can identify some of the intimacies in those. An enchanted evening would be in a field on a blanket with a picnic basket. There would be sex, 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 wind burying the emotions under my skin, soft caresses and a storm rumbling above. We lay in the grass, miniature branches edging their way in the moment captured in time, pelvic thrusts, sensual kisses, soaking me in and every sense of the word. My idea is to pick up my partner and take her to a movie. I give her flowers first, then go home after the movie and give each other full body massages. Then we take a shower together which leads to 
love making, and then she falls asleep in my arms while I watch ESPN. I want to have whipped cream spread all over my body and lick slowly off by someone, and I would love to have a full body rub down with baby oil. And my ideal dream evening would be going to Napa Valley and right going on a hot air balloon ride and drinking a lot of wine out, out of the vineyards in Napa Valley. And that one definitely had a lot of the sexual intimacy. Yes, it did. <laughs> I'll say. What I don't think difference. any flash mobs were going on during those enchanted <laughs> evenings. So. That, would be, that would be tough. <laughs> what are your thoughts on, in terms of the last one, when she was talking about uh, a lot of different components, from the hot air balloon to the wine tasting to, you know, just kind of the taking yourself out of the, your normal situation to a different country, to a different place? Well, she kind of used different terms. I think mm -hmm. she said dream... Ideal oh, that's true. Or something. Yeah, Not saying it's different night. from Enchanted, mm -hmm. but like she used those words, which I thought, like, I mean, that's kind of incorporating, I don't know. Your definition of Enchanted. Someone earlier said, too, my date night would be. Right mm -hmm. away, they'd switched it from Enchanted Evening after I've been asked, what would your Enchanted Evening? Right. And then they said, my perfect date night. Mm -hmm. So they're automatically incorporating a partner, which is interesting, and just assuming that that's even where it was leading, but that wasn't necessarily what they needed to say. Mm -hmm. So that's just even reading into right. that, you know, was I found that you know, that's fascinating. Why, that's why I love doing the show with the folks that are that are here because you all kind of are thinking on the same wavelength that uh, many people out there are. And the reason I say that, Janelle, is because uh, uh, there are a lot of people out there that will spend Valentine's Day by themselves, and that enchanted an enchanted evening doesn't necessarily have to be with mm -hmm. a partner. An enchanted evening can be with yourself, and right. many of the ones that we had in the book were that. It was just about exploring their own sensuality, going to dinner by themselves, going to a movie, uh, you know, uh, getting a body massage from a paid massage therapist. Mm -hmm. It was doesn't have to be with another person. And the reason why we did this exercise in the very beginning was not just to show that you can have an enchanted evening that doesn't incorporate the expression of your sexuality. It can just be the excitement of all, all your senses. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just for that. It was just really kind of give people that idea that you have all these senses that you can explore and that you don't necessarily need to do with a partner. You can do it by yourself because we, we want people to get to know themselves, you know. We had ones in there in the book that were all about masturbation. Mm -hmm. They're all about people exploring their own. And they would always send me this little note, can I write this as an enchanted <laughs> evening? And I'd go, sure, if that's your idea of an enchanted evening, that's, right. that's fine. You know, and that's the people who change the, the wording Enchanted to date night or pick up. Really what is that? interesting what, to me. What is that? Is that just a uh, cultural thing, or is it that people are just not comfortable with no, talking about enchanted evenings, or it doesn't fit within their profile? I think they're trying to put their own terms to it, like mm -hmm. they're trying to match it. Maybe like date night. I mean, to somebody's date night could be that. that yeah, maybe that's what you. That no, maybe they like consistency. They like the expected. They like what comes done date night. And then to somebody else, it's the Napa Valley trip. It's that extravagance that they crave. And maybe no one's ever asked them. So the only thing they can think of is a date night or something. True. They've never really been True. been approached to say, "What do you want?" Is it what is your idea of an enchanted evening? Which can be broader. And nobody's really cared enough or thought even to to go there to, to to really seek out that person's opinion so their first thought is oh date night oh that's this mm -hmm. to me well, I think part of that too is <clears throat> when you say enchanted evening I think of you know that like sensuality aspect that gratitude and when I think of that I think of another person you know so it's bringing that other person and you make it sort of a date night you know mm -hmm. in our college term it's a date night you know and right. then you kind of build from there so I can definitely see that perspective coming in mm -hmm. I can always think um well like when I first thought of the word enchantment like Yes, ambiguous word, but I also kind of, I, I think of the mystical, like, enchanted. Mm -hmm. I'm enchanted by somebody, like, meaning that I'm wholeheartedly in the situation without any other distractions. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my goodness, and I, I don't know, I think of myself traveling and how I completely lost myself in the environment that I've been in and not even realize how much time goes by. Like, that is enchantment, but I don't know, it doesn't. 
doesn't from, have to do from, with sex. From an anthropological standpoint, enchantment really means to be involved in what's going on in the moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you ever listen to any of the chanting done by the monks, uh, stuff, enchantment comes from that. Chanting mm -hmm. is that process. I just went through a chanting process this week, unfortunately, with chanting at the death of a student. We, a student was uh, in our cancer support network, and we were all around her bedside as she passed away. And we were chanting, and it was really to, to bring it into their moment, to bring all the senses into the awareness, to be really in the moment. So I don't let people stray away from the word enchantment too much because we all have an idea. I mean, we grew up with enchanted castle and everything. We kind of have that idea. And mm -hmm. Enchantment means just being with the moment and experiencing. And that's why I think we're having such a... We have a crisis right now when it comes to this generation. I mean, it's a great generation. Abby's part of it. It must be great. But we have, we, have a, we have a generation that's not within the moment, that doesn't quite know what enchantment means because... It is all about posting the moment to Facebook or something else or mm -hmm. to Instagram, and it, it scares me mm -hmm. yeah. because they don't really, it's all about being in the moment. It's all about, and if you read some of these, you can see that. You can see that they want that feeling. They want that whole body experience of all the senses. That mindfulness, that it's awareness the ones that, yeah. of everything going on right then and there, and they're engrossed in it and not distracted by anything else, whether it's them being by themselves and enjoying whatever it is they're enjoying, but they're wholly doing that. And I think that's why you don't see them saying, we're going to post it to Facebook, you know, afterwards. Yeah, I, think, I think this should be an, a, another show that we do for sure, because I've always kind of honed in on the idea that people do certain things to have that post and it's not necessarily the, the intention behind it isn't necessarily for their partner's gratification. Right. It's more so because maybe they want that, perception that perception of this mm -hmm. grandness and mm -hmm. so it matches this saturated Facebook that everyone's doing such great things with Pinterest and all those things mm -hmm. and how technology kind of almost makes what a date night if somebody does find a date night to be their enchanted night it would that would kind of fall off that's not enchanted that's not their idea of enchanted and so I think I don't know with technology I feel like people's expectations it's the norm and so anything that is outside of that box of enchanted or grand scheme of things like the grandness of it at all is not enchanted mm -hmm. it's not necessarily I don't know I feel like maybe that's another topic I'll well I mean it's about. another topic because I mean the, the, the newest rage out there now is, is actually Instagramming your sexual moments and Instagramming yourself in bed and Instagramming yourself mm -hmm. I mean what does that say about our culture that has to take what used to be I think maybe in some ways still an intimate thing and then putting it out there for space. What does that say about what we're getting from that moment? I mean, that's a whole different show. We'll, right. we'll stay off that. How about in March we talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> One of my thoughts is do enchanted evenings, is part of the enchantment is because they're rare? Is that kind of, you know, because we are to always talk about these moments, these enchanting and these ch enchanted evenings, but they don't happen every day. So is that what... It gives some of that backing to why it's so special? Or is it just the senses that we're feeling and what's kind of being instigated? I think it could be both. I think we could try embracing having more enchanted evenings more often with our partners and being mindful. Because part of that, Abby, I think is is this just the mindfulness. What makes it enchanted is, is appreciating even the minute, the small mm -hmm. little things, the door opening, somebody opening a door for you, some of those things that I think we lose in our fast pace. We have so much to do and we're always engaged and we're always connected everywhere and on all these social medias and whatever. And so I don't know that it actually has to be so rare. I think maybe for some, it certainly is. And some of these really grandiose ideas of, you know, going to different places, not that that's a bad idea, but those are maybe more rare, but even more the, just the staying at home and enjoying your favorite show and really being engaged in that kind of way doesn't necessarily have to be only every once in a while. It doesn't have to be only on Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. You know, right. I think we forget that we can have an enchanted evening on a Monday night while we're enjoying each other and you put your phone right. down and light the candles, use the good china. Yeah, you know, whatever. Exactly. can be found by using the love languages in small little ways. Right, so, yeah. right. And why not? And why not instead of instead of having these high ridiculous standards that are so hard to meet why not really appreciate if somebody is making a gesture and and realize that that takes somebody putting themselves 
um, vulnerable, which is hard for anyone to do. And so that that already is a gesture. And then and going beyond, and I think, yeah, we're just losing sight of being able to appreciate and respect and, and mm-hmm. get excited about some of the smaller things that are happening on a day-to-day basis. And then mm-hmm. that's we forget that we're actually being intimate and having really there are some really great relationships going on, but we're making them out to be something that only you can see in a Hollywood movie, which is a shame. You know, uh, Dr. Tim, I'm going to ask you again about this, because what we, what we used to do at the end of class sometimes, and I'd say, okay, share your enchanted evening with your partner. And uh, they would do that. Some of them would take it home, and they'd come back and go, my partner would go like, holy, I had no idea. <laughs> And really, the process of this exercise is really to enrich a partner that you don't really have to have an enchanted evening. It's all about enchanted moments. Mm-hmm. It's really about finding those things in your partner that, you know, they like or that the way they incorporate the world and just find those enchanted moments. Do you see something like this being a value in, in like, a couple process? I do. I, I think all communication is good in terms mm-hmm. of, going inside and being more reflective about your own experience and what you like and what you want. And I, I was resonating with something that you said earlier about how, you know, some people are probably kind of stumped by this when they're, they're first asked about mm-hmm. it just because it isn't something that they have contemplated before. Like, you know, what would that be? And I run into that all the time, people that are just disconnected with what feels good, disconnected with what they think is romantic, disconnected with their love language, disconnected with, you know, they're, they're just little zombie-like, you know, just doing what you need to do Mm -hmm. on any given day. Um, So I think the value in having them, you know, contemplate this and share it is that it does open up space for them to be more reflective about Mm -hmm what is going on inside of there and mm-hmm. just because they're they have to take time and and free up some space to think in these ways right i was just gonna say I, I i've had a couple of couples over the year years that have have kind of um done a fun exercise together to build intimacy and sensuality and they um started they had a couple's journal and they would start kind of a sexual fantasy and then each they would take turns writing in it so one would you know kind of start with a prompt like you know one night while walking on the beach and then the next person would add something to it and they would go back and forth and that they had a lot of they had a lot of fun with it and so it's kind of a joint enchanted evening that's co-created which is kind of fun it's like a game yeah (laughs) and 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 really kind of fun to see you know what 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 they wrote and how you can build it's almost like a mad lib yeah, it is. <laughs> like, well, right. And I like that better than even. <laughs> well, you know, before before we end, we got to pick a winner. Oh, we got to pick a winner. Yes. Oh, oh pick my. A winner for our, uh, our well, entries here. As we decide, if you'd like, we can play our last, uh, play our last round of Enchanted Evenings. How's that sound? A motorcycle ride along the coast as the sun sets and a walk through the forest before a tumble on the bearskin rug in front of a fireplace. My date and I would pray and ask the Lord to look over us and protect us as we go out. He would come over and we would go get ice cream and take a walk by the river, feed the ducks, and maybe take some pictures. We would go get Chinese food and cuddle on the couch, looking into each other's eyes with our arms around each other while watching a movie. My enchanted evening would be a movie and dinner with a lovely lady. And that's uh, the last of our enchanted evenings. Excuse me as we beep a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dennis shook his head a little bit on that last one, but... (laughs) I'm just frustrated with my gender. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Let me me get it. Guys, listen... (laughs) Okay. The possibilities are endless. I they are endless. <laughs> and, and just because most guys are visual, and when you do the testing, a lot of guys are visual. Not to say that some aren't. Oh, can't stick. Open up your senses. Listen.
And uh, as we do listen, let's listen to Kevin one last time as we declare a winner for our contest on the Enchanted Evening. Yes, if the winner is listening, uh, we will now read a small excerpt from the final piece of it. So, <laughs> uh, The lights reflect off Tyler's brown eyes, and I hear him whisper softly in my ear that he loves me. We end the last song with a graceful dip, and he pulls me tight in his arms. A sudden explosion echoes across the lake. Fireworks blast across the sky. Tyler comes up behind me and wraps his arms around me. He kisses my shoulder while the colors fall around us. When the last firework shimmers back down to earth, we crossed over the pond. On the sleigh ride back home, we cuddle under the fur blankets, and the soft thud of the horse's hooves lulled the night to an end. And with that, we have an, just a, yet another enchanted evening. Uh, but as we do end tonight's show, I always want to turn over to Dennis as he likes to bring this conclusion to it. So what are your thoughts on as we... You know, finalize the idea of the enchanted evening as well as the different levels of intimacy. Well, I think you don't need you don't need a uh, a special day to uh, tell anyone mm -hmm. uh, how you feel about them and listen to them. So take take the moments you're given and express yourself the best you can to whoever you want to relate to and uh, uh, tune into Impact because uh, <laughs> Sexposure is one of the best shows on. The air. <laughs> and you all contribute to that. So uh, once again, thank you for coming or coming all the way here. We have one from Grand Rapids all over the place just to have sex exposure. We really appreciate it. So much fun. Yeah. And um, as you do say that, um, Dr. D, I just want to, the quote of the day today was, if you live tomorrow, or if you wake up tomorrow with only the things that you said you were thankful for today, what would your life look like? So with that, I say thank okay. you very much for a nice evening. You've been sexposed once again. Being informed and bidding you farewell, I'm Abby Newton for Impact 89FM. Broadcasting from the campus of Michigan State University, you've been listening to Impact Exposure. 89FM.